0: Good morning, and welcome to episode 12 of Burn After Pitching, the Pitch Podcast. This is a roundtable podcast where creators, podcasters, comedians, and people with really nice voices are challenged to pitch their ideas on a theme or property, or abstract concept, and we either build them up or tear them down for fun. Your host for this episode is me, Michael Tanner, co-creator and writer of Junior Braves of the Apocalypse. Uh, on the panel today, we have some great guests. Well, we have one guest and one co-host. Uh, <laughs> let's
1: introduce our panelists here, Andy Nordvold. Hello. Welcome. Hope everyone is staying safe and sane during this uh, interesting times we live in. And Yehudi Mercado.
0: Yo, how's it going? Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you for being on, Yehudi.
0: Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh,
2: yeah, I'm a uh, writer, artist, animator. Um, I uh, write and draw graphic novels for the middle grade audience, such titles as Saifu, Rocket Salvage. I know that's Michael Tanner's favorite book ever. So favorite I'm books. Very embarrassed, You know, I'm embarrassed when he just goes on and on about it.
0: I love uh, and the uh, page count. Um, I love the size of it. It's just a, it's yeah, just a it's great just a, book. It's a good size, right?
2: Like you can just hold yeah.
0: it. Yeah. It's a perfect size.
2: <laughs> and then a um, uh, brand new book called Fun, Fun, Fun World that just came out through Oni Press. And that one's about aliens who think they took over the planet, but what they really took over was an amusement park. So, hey,
0: that is a great premise. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Now, introductions are done. Let's get down to it. <laughs> I want
2: to. I, I want to reveal something. Like th- there's not a round table.
0: Like you there's guys not a round round round
2: to people. So
0: I I know. Well, we yeah. did at one point. No, even when we had a table, it wasn't round. It was. Yeah, it way. was rectangular. It was rectangular. So pull the veil off. it's a truth. rectangle yeah. table podcast They're where right. we invite people on to talk. So this is how it works. We've got two pitches for today. Uh, uh, our panelists will give their pitches. We'll talk about them. And then sandwiched in between their two prepared pitches, producer Tyler, producer Tyler, are you there? No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> not <first laughs> he'll come He'll come back on and he'll have a surprise pitch for everyone. And we'll only have one or two minutes to come up with a, a pitch based on this amazing idea that producer Tyler will present us with. But f- <laughs> first up our first topic for this episode, national spoil your dog day is Today, based on when we are planning on releasing this episode, it will be National Spoil Your Dog Day. So, panelists, we need your pitches on how you would promote and what you would do for National Spoil Your Dog Day. Andy, since you have the experience here (laughs) with the pitching on the show, let's have you go first.
1: Okay, lovely to go first. Although, it's tricky because, you know, most of us treat our dogs pretty well, deservedly so. But there's one thing dogs don't have that humans have, which is holidays. Uh, And, you know, this is kind of a holiday, National Spoiler Dog Day. And my thought is every year pick a theme and dogs get their chance at holidays. Because who would not love to see, say, one year, Doggy Halloween. We put them in costumes. We go door to door for doggy trick-or-treating. Or Or Doggy Xmas. We have an outdoor Christmas tree so they can pee on it and give them presents. (laughs) <laughs> doggy Thanksgiving, where the doggy families get together. Doggy Valentine's Day, where we can stress, spay, and neutering your pets. So, you know, let love win. And heck, we could even uh, one year honor our doggy veterans because, you know, they exist. Uh, doggy Day of the Dead, we've all lost that special dog. Here's a good way to honor them. So I say make National Spoiler Dog Day a different doggy holiday every year. I
0: especially love the... Um the valentine's day because i think not only promoting promoting spay and neutering yeah but also just like when you go to the dog park just just let them hump like you know <laughs> yeah like my dog has a type he <laughs> likes slightly smaller than himself fluffy white dogs um so <laughs> instead of just top. being like yeah yeah like stay away like to like get down get down no just, just let him go just let him yeah. be free let those dogs just have just a hump fest. Yes. The life, concept, I gotta say, you
1: know?
2: absolutely cut off.
0: Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. It's very surprising how much he likes to hump things when he has no balls. But man, that dog likes to hump.
2: See, life finds a way.
0: Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Jeff <Woblin> was right <laughs> about a lot of things. <laughs> All right, Yehudi, how would you promote and what would you do for National Spoiler Your Dog Day? uh so i would do one of those
2: what were the who made all those like valentine's day new year's eve movies the oh um marshall right what's his name yeah gary marshall gary, gary, marshall. gary marshall yeah so i do one of those sprawling like ensemble piece epic romantic comedies and it would be set on Spoiler your dog day you'd follow different doggy couples as they get into different situations, you know, meeting at the dog park, you know, nervous at the vets, you know, getting a haircut. So you sort of a slice in the life of like uh, different doggy couples hooking up.
0: Yeah. Would there also be celebrity dogs in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, yes. Because now, like, now I'm trying to, I'm struggling to think. There used to be a time when there were a lot of celebrity dogs.
2: Right. Yeah. Parrot Hilton was like the, wasn't that the proto celebrity dog, like the Chihuahua, right? That, oh, I she was just
0: kidnapped, right? Did she? Uh, I, there's I, a lot. Yeah. There's, there's a lot. The like yeah, yeah. good. Like yeah. Yeah. So yeah so like she, Eddie you know, from Fraser, Chihuahua I think was the last, like, famous dog.
2: Oh, because you're, you know, you're talking about actor dogs. I mean, actor
0: that. dogs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's true.
0: There's sort of like yeah, you had, Benji,
2: you had Benji, you had the what was the Lassie, big stryfist from Empty Nest, like that big dog? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: I, I think there are dogs on Instagram, so there are probably right. the yeah. same I mean, dogs we know nothing right. about. Just, yeah, like, that's what I was say,
3: like,
2: Yeah, people yeah. know, uh, like, everybody follows these like Instagram dogs, like Winston the White Corgi is like the number one corgi on um, Instagram. So. Yeah, and my wife is awesome. a
0: big fan of Popeye, the, the, the dog foodie, because he's local, like he lives around here. So there's always <laughs> the chance that we could run into him in public. Cool,
1: That's awesome. I mean, I, I have a thought, because this is great for human audiences, but for dog audiences, does anybody remember the uh, John Waters movie Polyester? We need yes. to have smell-o-vision, something to add the <laughs> smells to hook in K-9 yeah. audiences.
2: Yeah. Well, each scene could have like a squeak toy, something that engages their, you know, keep
1: their attention. Know, like, dangling, it, you know. It's the first five quadrant film.
2: They go to the track, you get the robot rabbit <laughs> thing. Yeah.
0: yeah. There's lots of ways we could make this a, a full experience for everyone <laughs> <laughs> our, our, our people and our dogs, man. Yeah. I, I am now sad that, well, I was already sad that Gary. And now, like, very yeah. he'll never yeah. get to make the dog national spoiler your dog day movie.
2: But the big climax of the movie happens at the puppy bowl, you yeah, know, halftime at the oh. puppy bowl when it's like the classic, the guy has to run out on the field and then professes love. Yeah.
0: So it's not only a national dog day holiday movie, it's also a Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. holiday because it's the puppy a bowl
2: puppy bowl. Is the super
0: bowl. Oh, right? wait, that's right. In In there. There.
1: It's I also remember. a sports movie, though. You, know, you got the big game.
0: Okay, so it's also a sports movie. Sorry, uh, I don't know what day the, uh, the big Super Bowl happens. Uh, <laughs> I'm I, 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 you know,
2: a fashion spy,
0: basically. As yeah. the New York Mets <laughs> versus the, 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 Yo, look Raiders. Look the Puppy Bowl. Betty Boop, what a dish. Um, <laughs> all right, okay, so here's my pitch for National Spoiler Dog Day. Uh, okay, right. so we know there are a lot of dogs. Like, especially during this quarantine era, a lot of people have adopted dogs to help emotionally get them through this, um, this time. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of dogs. You know what there's also a lot of, in this country, abandoned shopping malls. Ooh. My proposal for National Spoiler Dog Day is that we take those abandoned indoor shopping malls and we literally just make them giant indoor dog parks. You bring your like you bring your dog in, and you essentially let them run wild. They can <laughs> run through the through the empty gaps and like the American Apparel stores and the abandoned you know Sears. That and they can just like knock over mannequins. They can ru- run up and down escalators. They can frolic in like these abandoned fountains. Oh, all the stuff
2: is still there. Like
0: all the stuff is still there because uh, it was too expensive to like actually like move the stuff out. No so safety precautions. People. It's just like, no. It's a little like Lord of the Flies, but for dogs. So returning them to their natural state, yeah. you just let them be their wild selves for one day. And I think that's truly kind of spoiling your dog, because yeah. we've really genetically screwed up yeah. dogs. Yeah,
2: took away all their instincts. So yeah. yeah, yeah, it could feel like it's um, you know I am Legend, but without Will Smith. It's like yes. Yeah, it's just a, so of like a fantasy camp of just
1: <laughs> fantasy just camp, I am
2: Legend sidekick.
1: Yeah. Well, plus if your dog doesn't come back, you know he was never your dog to begin with, really. Exactly. That's true. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, if he picks oh, an you- uh, abandoned Macy's over you, then uh, <laughs> yeah. you weren't doing such a good job. But,
0: <laughs> it made its choice. Yeah. You can also let like wild deer in there so they could hunt. You know, oh, make yeah. it a little bit more like I am Legend. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's well, that's what I would think. Squirrels are good. Birds, because they give them something to chase they wouldn't necessarily right. be able to catch. All right, oh, that's my pick. Uh, <laughs> wild call it's of the a, wild
1: indoor edition.
0: It's, it's, mall dogs go. go to heaven. Mall dogs go to heaven. That's the ultimate name <laughs> for it. That's a doggone good idea. <laughs> that left me howling. I thought I I looked up dog puns earlier. This Just is, prepare this is, for this
3: that. Is, this is producer Tyler, and um wow. <laughs> Wow. producer tyler's back oh, hey god you came back from the end should end? rejoin oh. us producer tyler you because want
0: me to... it's now time yeah. it's now time for producer tyler's surprise pitch
3: it's it producer tyler's side pitch i don't know those i was trying to do a like a like a game show we'll, uh, we'll workshop that <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> hey everybody so uh thank you guys so much for being here and all those dog all, all those all those new dog day traditions are awesome um, you know, it, it's starting to become fall where things are supposed to, you know, get a little colder and, uh, you know, kids are supposed to go back to school. A lot of parents are able to, you know, kind of talk together, uh, hear a little bit about the gossip that they miss from the summertime and everything. So uh, a big thing to do, especially with gossip is, is tea, you know, tea has always been a good thing, you know, sipping on the tea, getting a little bit of gossip, But uh, we need new flavors, though. We need new fall flavors of tea uh, so we can sell that are definitely aimed for people in gossip. So when they think of tea or or they think of gossip, they think of our tea. Give me a tea-themed or a gossip-themed tea. So tea to spill tea to. Exactly. All All
1: right.
0: right. So we'll take a minute here and we'll compose our thoughts um i'll edit most of that out maybe i'll put in a musical sting in the middle i don't know i've started not putting music into the episodes but uh just because it's easier that way but we'll just take a moment with our thoughts uh, just a uh, panelists just let us know when you're ready okay so we have been pitched the idea to come up with spill the tea gossip tea flavors all right we're we've we've put our heads together and we've we, I think we might have some good stuff here. Who would like to pitch their, their tea first?
2: Uh, I guess I'll go. I have a short, quick one. So this one fits our uh, our current state in the world of all being quarantined and socially responsible, staying inside, and, and binge-watching everything. So I call my tea, Are You Still Watching? And it's a highly caffeinated tea, a black tea, <laughs> infused with you know you got to have your vitamin c because you got to stay healthy so it's got some orange notes in it Mm -hmm. and uh also um the uh whatever like the cooked down five hour energy sludge at the bottom of those bottles is also infused (laughs) so you will never sleep ever again so you can still stay up and watch every show that's been recommended to you uh, and uh, then you can be on in on all the gossip of all your fictional friends because you can't see any of your real friends. <laughs> so are you still watching? All right. I like that one. Andy, so do I you want to go?
1: It's it's funny. Mine also has caffeine because, you know, mm. what do you need to uh, to have a really good gossip section? You need some caffeine to give you energy. You need alcohol to, you know, loosen the tongue. And I'm even thinking, throw a little dash, Ever hitting all in there, so you are free to gossip whatever you want. no one's going to remember yeah. What's, yeah, what happens in tea time stays in tea time, you know, so you get the catharsis without having to deal with the fact that like you know you revealed embarrassing uh facts about you or your neighbors
2: yeah it's like a it's like a confession in church, like it's just yeah, you get it out, and then it doesn't go beyond those walls
1: yeah, you're safe, yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. That's why I will call it safe tea. <laughs> oh, ah. nice, nice, nice. Okay. and It's from Michael Tanner there, I must confess. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here we go.
0: This tea I'm going to present, this is a tea that you would drink when you've, when you've known about a couple because they've been together for, for several, several years And there's been lots of rumors about them, but you never really paid that much attention to it. But then things start kind of coming out and you're like, huh, that's very interesting information, but doesn't really provide any real sustenance. Uh, So this is the Will and Jada Green Tea. Um, so that's my joke. That's it. All I had, all I had was jade and green, <laughs> jade and green tea. And then that's that's as far as the premise got. But like, but that whole like Will and Jada Smith thing, right? It's kind of is that's like that's the tea, right? Us knowing about that.
1: Well, that's the tea we're all spilling now, yeah. yeah. The tea right now? <laughs> it's I don't hey,
2: even hey, know the
0: details. What's the it, it, is she cheating on him? Well, that was okay. That's to give the breakdown is for years there was rumored that they had an open relationship, like, right. like a very and some sometimes the rumors are like a very open relationship where they would, host along with concert. the Scientology
2: rumor, right?
0: Yeah, like, like celebrity orgies and such. And then it was revealed, like, some actor singer guy in an interview was like, Oh, yeah, I, I was seeing Jada for like four years. Um, and she confirmed it, but. Essentially, w- what came out was that Will and Jada were essentially s- separated, and he gave his blessing for her to go have this other relationship. And they're still together, but it's acknowledged that they're not romantically involved anymore. They're just life partners. Yeah. That's kind of where things are now. Um, and so that's, uh, that's, a, that's the current going <laughs> on with the Will and Jada Smith Then we'll find out
2: who who he's been hooking up with.
0: Yeah. Oh, Margot Robbie. That was like the big. Oh. uh, Mm. That he had that he had had an affair with Margot Robbie. Um, Because they were in a movie together. I don't know. They were two movies together. Two movies. Focus and Suicide Squad.
1: That's right.
0: Oh. What's going on here? (laughs) Listen, I I don't even know when the the Super Bowl is. I don't even know. (laughs) <laughs> that thanksgiving super bowl i don't know so those are those are our celebrities yeah. there you um, i hope you enjoyed them um i think andy and Hooties were very good so that brings us to the big finale the big show this is the big pitch you've all been waiting for we're all ready for this and not to get too political but fuck jk rowling am i right so we need <laughs> yeah. I know. Why, why? What's she what's been up to? It's uh, so like, just Google it. <laughs> yeah. just, we don't want to Go to Google. Yeah. And it's there. I don't want to crush um, it. Yeah, it's like, how can someone squander like everything? Um, okay, so Harry Potter is still beloved. It exists on its own, but obviously there are some some problematic issues involved with it now. So what we are pitching is a new YA series. That can kind of replace Harry Potter as this, as the uh, as the go-to touchstone for YA literature. So, who would like to go first, Andy Yehudi, or I? I could go first, like since there's oh, just the Great yeah. us on here. I do have one. I did not invoke host privilege. It's <laughs> it's uh I'm actually really I really like the idea, um, but acknowledge that it's not good because I'm trying to
1: ape something I don't really uh, care about. But <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad you're acknowledging your host privilege. Yes,
2: it's almost like you're invoking Prima Nocta, like the way you say
0: it, like it's very it. This is this is no Joss Whedon joke.
1: Uh, I could go first if that's okay. Okay, cool. Andy, uh,
0: the floor is yours, and the floor right. is lava.
1: Watch it on Netflix. Oh, I love the floor is lava. Those are some crazy ass rooms. But anyways, that's that's a tangent. That's a whole <laughs> tangent. Oh, that's a future episode. Pitch us a that floor. That should Bob be. Room. Yeah. Pitch us or a floor. The, Bob yeah.
0: Pitch another. Uh, a, take out. a kid's game that you'd play on the oh, playground and turn it into a Netflix game show. Yeah.
1: Well, yes, it's true. We definitely need a, a YA series that speaks to our current moment. Um, I thought about including some trans people. I, I, will, I will try to have trans non binary characters, but I don't want to make that central because, you know, who am I to talk to that experience? But I am definitely wanting to talk about the experience of society just kind of going to crap. Uh, so I want my new YA series to be Tale Academy. Something that's very more of the moment. It's a world where all of the classic fairytale heroes are now either gone or completely ineffectual. We live in a world where the villains are in control. And it falls upon the next generation to just clean up this god-awful mess. Okay. Uh, Now, how are the villains in control? Well, according to the humans, they saved the world from the awful fairy menace. The fairies now live in this walled-off settlement and by mutual agreement have agreed to stay there. And nobody's seen a fairy in years, but it is the constant threat of the awful fairy menace. They're going to come, maybe take our jobs. That keeps all the the royals and the bad guys in control. Who are our characters? Well, uh, there's Fairytale Academy. It's a school because we're dealing with the next generation. And like any school, it's got its outcasts who comprise a lot of our major characters. There's Redwood, the son of the Huntsman in Little Red Riding Hood. He lives in the Enchanted Forest. Nobody lives in the Enchanted Forest. So he's this super weird outsider. Nobody wants to be friends with him. There's Sparks. She is a half-human, half-fairy who has to disguise herself as human to go to school. She's oh, So she never quite fit in. She's also an outcast. Also, there's one non-human, acknowledged non-human going to school, Lumpy the son of one of the seven dwarves. This dwarf helps the nobles and everyone else stay in power by like, you know, helping them mine mineral resources. So he gets to go to school, but he's also not human. So he's an outcast. So there are central three friends. They're, they're friends basically because nobody else will talk to them. And then there's the bad guys. There is the big bad wolf, who is of course in charge of Tale Academy's athletic program. The athletic program takes in all the monsters, ogres, giants, goblins and basically trains them to be wonderful workers and of course to help with security because you have to guard against the fairy menace there's also the head of the school lady tremaine the evil stepmother now evil step-grandmother who as you might imagine rules the school with an iron fist she has very mother superior energy cinderella is missing but her granddaughter goes to the school annalise she's the alpha princess of the school she's very popular Although she winds up striking up an unlikely friendship with Lumpy because they wind up sharing a carriage to school together. She's kind of, how should I put it? She's our Karen figure. She will help (laughs) out as long as it doesn't cost her any convenience or privilege whatsoever. So there's that, you know, we've all had that friend who like, yeah, sure, I'll help you as long as it costs me nothing. Uh, It turns out they need her, though, because Sparks discovers monsters are coming and kidnapping fairies. And she can't tell anyone about it because how does she know? Well, she doesn't want anyone to know she lives on the settlement. So what do they do? Well, they figure out Lady Tremaine's behind it. So they need Annalise's help getting into the castle, maybe on the day of a big ball, so they can figure out what's going on. What is going on? Lady Tremaine hates fairies. And she's got this perfect solution for fairies. She's gotten Lumpy's dad to mine this magic metal so we can put them all in prison. Hey, we'll put them all in cages. That'll solve the problem. And she pitches it to the nobles and the big bad wolf. And they're all like, we hate this idea. We love the fairy problem. The fairy problem keeps us rich and in control. We don't want to solve it. So she, she's, how should everybody, she, her big plan goes to crap. But then there's also the big bad wolf who finds out that these fairies are getting imprisoned. And he's kind of befriended Redwood because you know they both have this connection to the enchanted forest. So he says, he's going to help them. He's going to help them free the fairies. So with the big, Bo- big bad wolf's help, they free the fairies from underneath the school. But then, well, hey, he's not the big virtuous wolf. He betrays them and he takes Sparks prisoner. The freed fairies go back to the settlement, tell them that another fairy is imprisoned underneath the school. The fairies get upset. They leave the settlement, which they're not allowed to do, and they destroy the school. Lady Tremaine thinks she can turn this to her advantage. But it turns out that this uh, the human population, they're incredibly panicked. They don't want the, you know, careful, sensible leadership. They just want some strong guy who's going to tell them, I'll keep you safe. And who's stronger than the big bad wolf with all his monster friends to you know, help protect the humans from the fairies. So the big bad wolf winds up taking over fairyland, And the nobles, do they hate the big bad wolf. They think he's beneath them, but hey, he's the guy in charge now. They go along with it so they can keep their position of ri- being rich and powerful. And so how should I put it? There's also a very 2020 moment. The first book ends with that wonderful lesson of this year. Things can always get worse because now <laughs> we have, you know, essentially a strong arm leader in control with a big army of monsters to make sure everybody stays in line and everybody's going along with it because everybody's as scared of the fairy menace. And that's my pitch.
0: Nice. Nice. So, so for like, um, how many books do you see it? Oh, just, sorry. Hold on. I just knocked my, my microphone. So how many
2: books <laughs> I do you threw see you away? So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You did my
1: mic drop for me.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, good question. I mean, I just thought out the first one, but definitely two or three, because, you know, then we have to deal with this new reality of the wolf and, you know, things get worse. Next would be our empire strikes back, I guess. And then the third one where, I mean, I don't know, because there's going to be divisions within, within the group. When Sparks gets freed, her thing is like, you know, screw humanity. They suck. Fairies, let's organize and take them on. Whereas Redwood and Lumpy are more like, come on, we got to figure out a way to live together. So future books will actually get into this very interesting conflict, kind of paralleling what we're doing now, which is, you know, what do you do? Do you say we want to, like, destroy society or do we want to reform society?
0: Is it okay for setting, like, in terms of, like, tonally the world? Is it yeah. just like modern,
1: like it, modern it American? Is, well, I'm thinking of it as like how should I put it? It's it's the fairy tale land, but past the golden age, and sort of dealing with a certain modernity where they have to acknowledge that like how it's should strange. I put it? The unquestioned social truths are a bunch of garbage. But is it like um, in, like
0: pre-industrial, um. Where it's like kind of still medieval holdings, but they like maybe they have trains or you know yeah Not I
2: don't know right this onward but somewhere yeah. it's Shrek and Onward basically I, that's like the, in the
0: the Fable video games are kind of like that where it's very much like medieval fantasy but also steampunk
1: is in there yeah 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 um I mean that's a very good question I I want to keep it like how should I put it I don't want to make it too complicated my the problem I always have with writing is I make it just too damn complicated and suddenly I'm trying to stuff 20 pounds worth of story in a 10 pound bag. So <laughs> I think I would keep it fairy tale, whatsoever story technology. Story. Yeah. Keep the modern part, them sort of wrestling with ideas and you know, starting to realize, how should I put it, that the foundations of our society have some hypocrisy to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, good question. I mean I love uh, fairy Tale Academy, because that's the school that gets destroyed. Yeah. Okay. Um, Yehudi, do you want to go or would you like me to go?
2: Uh, yeah, I can go real quick. That's probably not as long and involved. But uh, so I wanted to go for, you know, Harry Potter is about witches. So I definitely went on that tangent. So this one is also set at a school, but it's a school for Frankensteins. <laughs> it's all Frankenstein monster kids. You know, they're all assembled from different dead body parts. So uh this is the one school they go to where they can be amongst their peers, other Frankenstein kids. So the main kid's named Frank, of course. And it's really like it's a kind of um what's the what's the Simon for the love of Simon? No. Simon love, I love you.
0: Love Simon, right? Oh, oh. Yeah, (laughs) I love Simon, right?
2: Yeah. yeah. So it's very much in that vein. It's like it's a a sort of a coming of age, self-discovery kind of story. Because it's like when you're made up of different body parts, you don't know who you are. So, you know, that theme is carried through. So, of course, the the dean is Victor von Frankenstein. And uh, main kid, Frank, falls in love with a fire sprite, you know. Frankenstein's afraid I, of monsters or afraid of <laughs> fire, so
1: fire bad yeah, we all fire sprite's good though
2: yeah exactly, so it's a, it's a little bit of a you know a Romeo and Juliet's kind of romance uh uh and the fire sprite is a boy, so he's he's sort of like he's falling in love with this fire sprite boy and like complicated feelings like who i who, I, who am I you know. So, meanwhile, the village down below—you know, of course—you have that, you know, sort of gothic mountain castle academy, and then down below is the stupid villagers. So, a plague has, you know, really decimated the village, and of course, the local politician is like, "It's the Frankenstein's fault. Like, they're the reason. They're bringing pestilence to our village." So, of course, you have the looming threat of the villagers going to go, you know, burn down the school. Meanwhile, he's trying to, you know, Frank's just trying to discover who he is. And then the magic part is you set up that like eons ago, a warlock was ripped apart because he was controlling the land. So Frank has to find the body parts of the warlock, oh. assemble them together and to get its powers and then sort of save the academy from the evil villagers trying to burn them down. So, um uh, Yeah. So it's called Let's, or it's called Can I Be Frank?
1: Um, (laughs) Very
2: romantic comedy, but with some stakes in it.
1: Now, question Does he discover the one body part, wizard body part he needs, was inside him the whole time?
2: Of course. He has to have one of the warlock parts, right? Yeah. 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 Definitely. And then that's where the basically it's three books. Second book is him dealing with, like, oh, my heart was the warlock's heart the whole time, like what does that mean for me? Am I evil? Should I embrace the evilness of you know deep within my heart?
0: Am I man or am I monster? Exactly,
2: yeah, and you can have some trans themes in there. It's like you're you know you, you you're not who you were born to be. You can sort of like try on and you know discover who you are like in school, so yeah. Have those themes sort of like subtly running underneath just to say fuck off JK Rowling, but uh, yeah.
0: yeah, awesome, I love it. Yeah. Okay, all right, so you guys ready for mine? Yeah, okay, so mine is called After you,
2: you didn't hit your mic after mine, so very
0: oh, smart. so good, <laughs> there you go. oh, good <laughs> so, good. so good, so good, Tyler. All right, okay. So
2: right.
0: sorry, I stepped on your title. Go ahead.: Okay, so my, my series is called "After Sparks." Okay, so here's like the setup and the premise. Okay, so it's near future. Uh, scientists are testing out a new electron collider, you know thing. you know that big thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, yes. Man. Yeah. Uh, And it's biggish news, like in terms of like a fair amount of the population has heard about this big experiment happening. And when they do, so they run the experiment, the thing collides. And essentially what happens is there's a global EMP that makes all technology useless. But it is soon discovered that all pregnant people at the time of the experiment have become supercharged with a new kind of ambient energy called Spark and that allows them to repower machinery and technology but directly they have to be almost in direct contact with it in order to power it uh the power only lasts for as long as these people are pregnant making them both incredibly exploitable and valuable uh but obviously with a very short shelf life they know like the, they are only they only have this power until they give birth and once they do or if if they give birth that energy is passed on to their children which exhibit an even stronger energy manipulation. It's almost bordering on supernatural or magical levels. And these kids are called after sparks. Um, so the baseline of the planet is now industrial age with some intermittent, intermittent vestiges of the old world. For example, like uh, private technology use is unavailable for the masses, but a spark powered person might be able to power an airliner and another spark powered person could power an air traffic tower. Uh, making like plane flight viable for a short time while those people are using it, um, otherwise people are riding trains or using older cars that don 't have computer or microchip technology ones that still run on like more on a mechanical level still can operate um, and of course, horses and horse and buggies are back baby yeah. um, so the the children so the AfterSparks are seen as valuable resources by their their nations of birth, and different countries have different. Focuses or different attitudes toward the after sparks. So in America, and America has become even more nativist and isolationist after this, and they see the sparks as even an more. Econ- <laughs> even more, even more. So it's it's <laughs> it's a hellscape. Um they're seen as an economic resource, and they focus the aftersport after sparks who are who are literally children to be used as uh means of powering manufacturing and mining and transportation, that sort of thing. Um And because global communication is very intermittent and not spotty and is very controlled by the powers that be, um, there's not a lot of knowledge of what the rest of the world is like. Though it's rumored that much of Europe and Russia are essentially in a continual war and they've weaponized the aftersparks. But details in the first book are very vague about that. Um, And so the first book would pick up about 12 years after the event. So these kids, the aftersparks, they're now all around 12 years old. And so s- society has largely has started to figure out how to adjust everything. So it's still some things are weird, but some things have been kind of figured out. And that's just that's just the way the world is. Our main ma- our main characters are three of the preteens and the all of the aftersparks, because if you look at like the the statistics on the number of pregnant people on a planet during like any particular moment. Uh, you kind of spread it out. It, there'd be a couple thousand After Sparks um, in the United States. Um, and they're essentially all sent to not like a wizarding school or like an academy. It's essentially a trade school where they learn like how to use their powers to, to like in terms of like manufacturing and, you know, economic ways they're not learning they're not this isn't professor xavier's mansion they're not learning how to do grand things even though they could that's not what they're being used for because that's not what the the larger society demands of them so it's more like a trade school uh and the three characters they bond because all three of them are orphans and it's revealed in different ways like how they all came to be orphans but one of course would be from the upper class and then one would be from the lower class. So you can have the class conflict as part of the story. Uh, then, then the third is our main protagonist. And they are a mystery because they were discovered living in the wilderness with no knowledge of their parents or anything. And they're kind of a wild child. So there's, I want there to be a little bit of shades of Brave New World where like the guy who doesn't know anything about the society is brought in. Uh, and a little bit of the Harry Potter of, like, Harry, Harry was raised by muggles and doesn't understand how the the magic world works. But this is, like, a kid, like a 12-year-old, who was raised in the woods, maybe by, like, an old mountain man or something. And so he barely understands how anything works. A
2: Luddite.
0: Uh, yeah, very much a Luddite. Um, we, uh, so, okay, so we also then learn that... Um, all the children that were conceived at the moment the EMP occurred are the most powerful. Um, And there's very few of them because like, you know, what are the odds that, you know, two people were having sex and a, you know, and a a sperm fertilized an egg at just the right moment when this essentially worldwide EMP went off. So there's very few, but they are incredibly powerful, but the power is very hard to control. And of course our wild child at the end of the first book is revealed to be one of those um so the first book would have them like going through their school training and world building and setting up dynamics and rivalries um and very much like the kind of teen drama book uh and then the second book once he's revealed to be i I don't have a good name for like the like the maybe like birth spark or something like that um of like the super yeah the all spark from transformers is that that our, our wild child is kind of whisked away from everything. And it's, and it becomes revealed that America is also trying to weaponize the after sparks who don't quite fit um, who, who wouldn't be like whose personalities are the way they are. Just don't fit like the economic use for the after sparks. So then our wild child is going kind to of throw into this weird kind of military setting, kind of like a little bit of Ender's game kind of thing going on while his two friends are left like, still going to the trade school, but, tr- but also trying to find out what happened to the third, their friend. Um, and then it would escalate, I imagine it as probably three or four books. Um, and I don't know how to get there, but I know that the climax is that essentially what has happened, the weaponized After Sparks, uh, essentially they power gigantic mechs like Pacific Rim or, you know, robot jocks. And that's what warfare has evolved to in other places of the world is the just the giant, yeah. yeah these giant giant robots um, battling, uh, and so that is my pitch for my new YA series After Sparks.
2: Uh, it's funny because in Rocket <laughs> Salvage to bring that up again. I had the girl have the, the mechakinesis power. Oh yeah, yeah. So
0: it's an interesting parallel. To a I'm just movie. I'm just stealing from the best, you know, <laughs> exactly. just stealing from the best.
2: <laughs> That's
0: awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
2: We'll, well yeah, the Alpha Spark or yeah, you gotta call that. Like,
0: yeah. And there'd be like a, there's gonna be a subplot where like the kids are actually very lucky that they're orphans because a lot of the 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 people who gave birth were like kept and experimented on to see if it could be replicated in different ways that or turned into like baby farms to see if like other children they birthed, their parents actually their like birth parents being dead is actually kind of a benefit in a weird yeah. way that they didn't have Ooh, to go through. you
2: have like mutated like synthetic spark kids.
0: Oh yeah,
2: That's like glitches, they call them glitches and then Oh, I'm going to write that down. I'm stealing it. Yeah.
1: I mean, in the end they'd also probably have to fight all the countries that are keeping them enslaved too.
0: So a little bit of like Hunger Games because there's this revolution Like Mm -hmm. undercurrent, like how long can they be controlled and will they continue to be controlled? Sometimes all a revolution needs is one spark. There you go. (laughs) I'm not going to throw away my shot. (laughs) Okay, so those are our pitches here on episode 12 of Burn After Pitching. Those were all fantastic. I think all of those would be great Um, replacements on the bookshelf for some Magic Wizard Living Under the Stairs series. you agree like them all? Yeah. I greenlight them all.
3: Producer Tyler, do you greenlight them all? Oh, um, absolutely. Any, any, anything to get people to read anything, and anything yeah. to get people to not read Harry Potter. <laughs> there
0: you, go. you take the good from it and let the rest go, and the rest is apparently the person who created it. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. So let's do some plugs, Yehudi. Why don't you plug again your books and where they could purchase them and where they can find yeah. you? Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. Please go to uh, supermercado store.com. That's my online store uh, in this era of COVID and no conventions. I have a stack of books ready to sign, draw on, and send out. So supermercado store.com. And then uh, follow me on Instagram at supermercado comics. You'll see lots of pictures of my cute dogs.
1: They are adorable dogs. Andy, hit us with some plugs. Uh, uh, Let's see. Go to andynordvault.com. You will find books, webcomics, Twitter stuff. Anything connected to me. All right, and I'm Michael Tanner. You can visit me on my website, com. That's
0: B-Y, michaeltanner.com. I have a web store where you can buy my comics. Also, if you're into role-playing games, my graphic novel series, Junior Braves of the Apocalypse, now has a role-playing game module oh, yeah. for kids yeah. on bikes. Uh, it's out, so ask your local gaming store or comic book store uh, to get the Junior Braves of the Apocalypse, uh, Junior Braves of the Apocalypse module for kids on bikes. It is. It's. It's a lot of fun. Um, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter at burnpitching at twitter.edu backslash. You know how the internet works. <laughs> uh, follow us everywhere that we can go subscribe to the podcast. Uh, Andy, what else, what else are we pitching? What else are we? Well, uh, uh well, we,
1: know. we want to hear from our audience. What do you guys think? Do you love one of the ideas? Do you hate one of them? And do you have a better idea? If just you have a better idea, it. definitely hit us with it so we can steal Hashtag replace yes. Potter. Let us know what you think.
0: All right. And our outro music is from Carlisle Laurent. We are part of the Grand Geek Gathering Network where you can find all sorts of great shows. Not just great shows like ours. Great shows like Pop Popmosis. Great shows like uh, the uh, indie comic show. The Grand Geekery. So many good shows. <laughs> Check out the Grand Geek Gathering. Game of rathlon. <laughs> I'm just riffing here. I'm just going because I'm going I'm probably gonna do like a good recording of this you're and doing, edit that in.
3: You're doing. <laughs> you're doing much better than what I do on, on most of the shows.
0: Well, <laughs> thank you, producer Tyler. We'll find out. I want to be in the room where it happened. Hashtag Hamelfilm Hashtag everything. <laughs> hashtag Disney Plus. Hashtag replace Potter. Hashtag tourist season. That's the episode from last month. Hashtag, Next month.
3: Hashtag uh, uh, International do- or uh, National Dog Day. Hashtag National Dog Day, which Absolutely. is today,
0: the day this episode hits. Yes. Uh, in August. And right, next, with your dog too. Oh yeah, take a picture of your dog. Yes, us you, your uh, dog. Yeah. Podcast? That'd be fun. Let's do some engagement. Yes. Uh next next month our topics. Should we tease our topics for next month? Why not? Yeah, all right. We'll tease them. Next away. month we are doing we're since since unfortunately kids are going back to school, uh, we yeah. thought it'd be good Maybe. to pitch new cw series um and then um what was the what was the other pitch a new cw series and a new con con. because we all miss conventions a new covid compliant convention what kind of convention you would have and how you
1: would make it covid compliant join us next month maybe a post covid con too because you know once this all is over knockwood i want to get out of the house yeah.
0: Oh, you silly rabbit, rabbit. There's going to be, be, be no post-COVID cons Because we'll never be post-COVID yeah. Anyway, thank you for listening And don't forget I'm to GG
2: <laughs> Burn, burn, burn